You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. Hey guys, Coach Ben here, and you are listening to The, the Benchcast. Bench the Benchcast is back. The return. I wish you had that Backstreet, that Backstreet Boys song. Backstreet Boys are back and uh, could overlay the bench cast. We could still do it. We have the technology to do it. Okay, hit us with the technology. Backstreet's back, all right. All right, well, you guys know the deal. It's Easter this upcoming Sunday. So I got some peeps here. So if you're watching on the live Instagram, just cheers the peeps. Oh, right, well. So the bench cast is back. Oh my God, we're back again. I had a little hiatus, but we're back. Because you, the people, said you wanted it. You like listen to the podcast. So I said, okay, I'm going to do the podcast. Back bigger and better than ever. All right. First time, let's start off with some good news. Tony Carlino is back. He's back in business. He went, uh, he went down after the Arnold. It was kind of a scary moment. Um, he's out for like a month, you know. But everyone uh, real supportive, uh, supported a GoFundMe. I'm sure he got a lot of bills and things now from all the time spent in the hospital. That guy was in the hospital for like a week's time. You know, he's an Arnold champion. Uh, he went down for a week, like a month's time in the hospital. That got uh, real scary. Yeah, transported, hospital, hospital, and whatnot. Full body casts and stuff bag or whatever you want to say and uh he's back he's back in action uh message him i'm happy to see him back and uh you know he, he lost a good amount of weight he said but he's gonna get it back just as quick i'm sure because he's got those awesome shakes around where he lives and we were talking about that on the uh, bench cast he was on but he's back in action so that's good news starting off with some good news um some other news I ended up benching more this past week. <laughs> so Things got weird. Previous PR was 710. Arnie didn't go so great. I was 683. But I benched 730 at a meet. Um, actually did full power, but we don't have to talk too much about that. And uh, then I benched 750 last weekend. And they went really good. So I figured I'd talk a little bit about those. Um, so it was the RPS Power Palooza. It was Valentine's Day. 2019 and uh, I was walking around the neighborhood and I'm thinking to myself man you know train is just not what it used to be kind of fell into a little bit of a rut we've talked about that stuff on the bench cast before and uh, it just got to a point where training felt a little more like a chore a little more like a job didn't feel as much uh, like something you did for fun enjoyment I'm sure you kind of fell into those those ruts before you know and uh I was like, I got to sign up for a meet. I haven't done a full power meet in a couple of years. And uh, I wanted to train my squat and deadlift more regularly. Just uh, I prioritized all my, my bench goals. So, um, you know, that was kind of taking the forefront of my training. But I wanted to squat. I wanted to deadlift. I wanted to have friends that squatted and deadlifted. So uh, I said, I'll sign up for a full power meet effort. So I went on that night, went to the RPS website. Signed up for the RPS Power Palooza. 
a two-day event that was uh, held in Pennsylvania. And that was it, seven weeks. Got to get ready now because I can't just show up and make a mockery of myself. You know, I've mentioned Benny, but I, I got to squat and deadlift now. So I started training squats and deadlifts, and it was going well. And, you know, the main goal of signing up for the meet was to get myself training again regularly, getting back on a schedule routine and uh, hitting squat and deadlift and, you know, doing it in a, a way that I'm actually progressing, not just doing it to do it. So things were going well. Obviously, I was a little bit out of it for a while, so I had to gain some strength back. But, you know, very quickly I found that I should be in a position to hit some all-time PRs. Granted, you know, it was four years since I did my last full raw power meet, and uh, that was a long time ago. So my numbers weren't that great, to say the least, back then. You know, they progressed a lot, but I just haven't done a full power meet. I think my best raw bench is still 315, believe it or not. That's crazy. Yeah, 315 I still think is in the record books. But um, I signed up for this thing, full power multiply, but I was going to squ squat deadlift raw. And... Uh, you know, it got me doing what I had to do. I had uh, got me into training more regularly, and I had a crew again. Elvis over here started squatting me on some Monday mornings. Um, my buddy Stevie there, he started deadlifting with me and squatting me, and um, big big bad horn there. He was coming down. He was he was squatting and deadlifting with me, and um, that was awesome because I miss having a crew to train with. I'm sure a lot of you guys that train alone too. You go through the same thing where it, it sucks to train alone. You can't really get as amped up, and, you, you know, it just kind of feels like you're alone in the sport. But it was nice to have people to train with again and have something to train for. And I think if you kind of fall into a rut, that's the best thing to do too is get something to train for, like sign up for a meet because then you know it's go time and you have a date set and you have something to train for and you know you got to bring it on game day so you're not going to let yourself – half-fast stuff so you know that that's a great way to get yourself out of a rush just to sign up for something and get ready to do it but I found out I was I was right in a position to hit some all-time PRs and training was going well and everything and I actually enjoyed deadlifting I hate to say it on the bench cast and everything but I was starting to enjoy deadlifts again and uh, that was progressing well but got to the meet and squats were up and I did really well with the squats ended up with 530 raw which again not much you know it's nothing nothing to write home about but I'm happy with it because I think my best raw squat is 510 with wraps um, which again four years ago but I did this raw just naked knee no sleeves or nothing so you know it's it being in a good spot and I did it pretty readily I don't know if you saw the videos but it came up pretty good so hit that but then it was time to bench so what i did i run over to the bathroom i throw on my eye black i throw on my bandana i throw in the fangs and it's go time it's ready to bench this is what i do so got into the warm room mind you i was wearing a super katana now uh oh you know i me i'm mostly benching my inzer sdp but got in the titan super katana wanted to try it out and uh, I've never touched in this shirt before in training. I had it set for modifications in November. Never touched in it before. So I didn't know what the hell was going to happen, guys. It was either going to 
bomb out or hit a big bench. That's what I was telling everyone all week. He's going to bomb out or hit a big bench. So it could have gone either way. I could have bombed out too. But I felt pretty confident with the shirt to uh, get it to a point where I could touch it. I was breaking it in over the past couple weeks. And we were, we, it was nice enough for Jamie Mata. He owns a gym up in uh, what is it, Fairhaven, Vermont. And he's been doing his multiply stuff for years and years and years. And he was nice enough to write us an article on how to break in a bench shirt. And you can see that on our website, bigbenches.com, on the bench blog. So if you're new to the bench shirts, he wrote a great article on how to break them in. Multiple different shirts. Uh, and I feel like I'm starting to figure out a nice little break-in process. Or at least a place where uh, I feel comfortable getting a shirt to before going and touching in a meet. You know, I still want to kind of play around with it more. But I'm, I'm planning on developing like a little bit of a break-in program for you guys. Uh, getting new shirts. Because the thing is, most novice lifters, you're probably going to be better off getting a shirt that's already ready to go something you can already kind of touch with because it's your first shirt but those of you who've been doing it for a while i find that a lot of lifters fall into this comfort zone with their bench shirts where they they just they don't want to wear something tight because they're like nervous because at first you're not going to be able to bring that weight down very far guys you can load the shit out of it but if you got a good tight shirt that thing's not going to give for you very good off the bat all right, it's a process. You got to be okay with making it a four or five week process to kind of break in that shirt to get it to a point where you might be able to touch that weight and then finding the right weight to touch. And those are things that I want to kind of put into a program for y'all because I think it's something that is missing. Um, it's a breaking process and a way to pinpoint weights to use in the meat that you might feel comfortable with uh, throughout training and stuff. So that's something that is in the works, but. Like I said, a lot of lifters fall into that comfort zone with their shirts, and they never really reach the potential they could to. They could because, again, they're using shirts that are pretty loose. They're comfortable touching in. I mean, oh, did you ever you see people like that quite a bit, you know? Yeah, it feels like they can touch with like two plates. Yeah, they can, they're wearing a loose enough shirt to to touch with a very light amount of weight. We had a guy at the gym, right? He um, I had him touching three wheels. Yep. You know, he wasn't touching he wasn't touching four hundred something. And then we squirt it squirt the shirt a little bit and I'm just like pull it in a little harder. We got him touch three plates to his chest. Just like that. It was like a matter of a day. Within the hour. And that was it. But guys fall into comfort zones like that and they never really get tight enough shirt. That thing should be scary to put on. You know, because it's gonna break in, guys. That's the thing. Um trying to give an example of something that you might not be able to use right away and you kind of got to prep it you know what i mean you got any examples come to mind of that i know when you first got your shirt you stretched that bitch out for at least a week yeah it, it's, it's multiple weeks especially with the shirt my avocado i think it's an avocado smasher that thing you got to prep the shit out of it same idea guys your avocado smasher your bench shirts you gotta prep the shit out of it. Ooh, we got a question from Longline Shoes. Is there such a thing as a shirt that's too tight? Shirt that's too tight. Um, yes, definitely. Uh, but I think you would know that right away. Um, you, you'd be like, there's no no business being in this thing. That's something like you probably wouldn't even be able to get your arms into. But most of the times, if I got a tight shirt, it's like issuing a challenge to me. 
I'm gonna make this bad boy work. You know what I mean? And if I can't, then I failed. Uh, usually, if you can get your arms in the damn thing, and unless your arms are like freaking crossed over, right? Even if you're in here, uh, you're gonna be all right. You can probably break that bad boy in. And it depends too if it's multi ply or single ply, and what material it is. I find uh, that that super katana, those things, the material made of, it stretches pretty readily. Uh, it didn't take me too long to go from having a hard time getting my pinky on the ring to all the way to my index on the ring without any assistance. It didn't take long to do that. Uh, so that just goes, for example, how a lot of guys, they want to feel like they can put their hand out and position themselves. If you have a good tight shirt, you're going to need someone to put their, your hand out for a couple weeks at least in training because until that bad boy breaks in enough, um, you're not going to be able to get your hand out into position. And that's how you know you got a good shirt. You should never be able to put your hands on position on the bar where you want them without some kind of assistance. All right. So usually it's it's never I wouldn't say it's never too tight because if you can wear the damn thing, I think you're going to be okay touching. It's just going to take some time. But that's usually a challenge issue to me. You know, I'll wear some tight shit. Like with that Super Katana, it's pretty much becoming a belly shirt. That's how small the thing is. Um, it's like not even long enough. Like my belly pops out. But I do have a big belly. So I don't know which one's the problem. <laughs> it's a short shirt or my belly's too big. But um, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on developing a whole program with that to get you guys um, from tight, tight shirt to meat ready in the best efficient way possible. All right, because I felt I nailed it with this shirt. Um, you know, it was kind of in the making in the summer. Had to break it in a bit. Got a different collar put on it. Tightened up the sleeves a bit. So I had to kind of break it in again. But I got to a point where I hit like 675 off a half board for a double. Um, felt good about 685 as an opener. And I tell you guys, the amount of adjustment on your collar. So I'll tell you how these meet attempts w went. And you'll see how much of a difference it, it makes just to pull the collar down. I'm talking like a half inch, not even. How big of a difference that makes in how the bench press is performed and the ability to touch down and whatnot. So first opener, I knew when training, right? I hit 675 to a half board pretty readily, crushed it for a double, okay? So went to 685 at the end of that exact same training session, but shirt already jacked up pretty good. Collars down, I don't think I did too much with the arms, but definitely I pulled the collar down an aggressive amount and I just could not get 685 down in training that same session okay mind you when i did the sex 75 uh collar was up a lot higher where you would probably wear an opener so going into this meet i loaded up on sushi the night before because of course and that's a whole different story in itself because i keep getting hit with these worst sushi places ever um it's always a nightmare lately but I load up on sushi, so I'm, I'm figuring I'm going to come in. I'm going to be filled out pretty good. Wasn't your meat in the middle of Pennsylvania? Yeah. Completely landlocked? Probably. And you're getting sushi in a landlocked county. Is that not a good idea? Where <laughs> do you think the sushi's coming from? <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> I didn't think too much about that, but uh, it wasn't as much the sushi. Well, the sushi city, because I'm telling you, these special rolls, guys, filled with rice. It was majority right, but it was one of those places. It's an all-you-can-eat place, but they only let you two rolls at a time. And they, like, Ooh. give you such a hard time about getting another roll. I'll, so I'll go in there. I'm a big dude. None of the tables are cleared out, right? They, they see that people are actually in the building. So they're like, all right, let me clear off a table for these guys. They sat us down. I only got two. I started ordering rolls. I started rattling off names of rolls. They're like, only two. 
And I was like, oh, shit, well, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> and uh, got two rolls. Then I hear him haggling with another guy at another table who tried to order another roll. And they're like, sure, you can finish that roll because if you don't finish that roll, we're going to be charging you. And I'm like, I don't want this. I just want to be able to order rolls. So I'm getting nervous. I'm sweating it out. Now I'm, it's, it's, it's coming into a challenge in my mind. You know, like how much can I put these guys out? How many rolls can I eat without being charged? So I have to keep ordering roll at a time, roll at a time. And the special rolls, I tell you, they definitely made it so that they were trying to fill you up with rice. Because this thing was like a hunk of rice and just a tiny little bit of fish in there. They definitely real stingy over there. But uh, anyways, that's a whole other story. Anyways, uh, the I ate the sushi. I thought it was going to be filled out pretty good. The shirt was fitting pretty tight. But... You know, stuck to my guns. You know, I was either going to bomb out or I was going to hit a big bench. That's what I was saying all week. So uh, going through the, the train, 585, I was just kind of floating that way. I got it to a good spot. I was like, man, we're touching something today. So I already knew right away in warm-ups I was going to be okay with the shirt, as long as I didn't jack it up too much. So I, I left it how it was. The collar wasn't pulled down very far. The uh, sleeves were, were ripped up pretty high. All right, we got those high as we could. Um, you know, I got the armpit into the bar groove, and I kind of worked it up a little bit more. So I was wearing the shirt pretty high up, um, nothing fancy. I didn't rip the collar down. And <clears throat> 685 opener, I felt I crushed that thing pretty good. So I go 715 for a small 5-pound PR. Didn't touch the shirt again because based on how the first one felt, if I just grooved it back a little bit better, I thought I was going to do a really good job with that too, which I did. I didn't change anything with the shirt. Pulled it down, hit it. Um, still was like, I could probably groove it better. I can throw it back harder. That last one, I went 730. Probably would have been better as well, just leaving the shirt where it was. But I did pull the collar down just a tad. Just a tad. All right. And maybe manipulated the sleeves just a bit. And boy, what a difference that made. I went from touching 715 readily to it becoming a little bit difficult pulled down 730 all right um i had to work the hardest probably on that 730 and that was just from a little bit of a collar pull down so where you put your collar can really make a huge huge difference and the tightness of the shirt and what you're able to bring down but that was it hit 730 and uh i was really happy with that uh, i thought i nailed it pretty good this is the second one probably a little iffy on the lockout i held that weight though i held that son of a bitch up and then 730 um i was pretty confident with the lockout on that one uh and the nice thing about the titan super katana this is probably the first time i wore a shirt with really tight arms and having that really gave that carry over to the lockout so got that pop off the chest um it felt a good carry through to the lockout so it wasn't like you pressed up and then all of a sudden right near the end you're hit like a shit ton of bricks with all that weight and you have to try to lock it out um this one had a really good character so fast forward a week and we're at monster bench 2019 elvis did this meet last year what happened last year last year got weird did you hit a pr i hit a pr it got weird something 255 See, the issue is we had McGriddles on the way up, and that just completely cramped me up. That yeah, was bad. That was not my idea. <laughs> he said, let's get some McGriddles. I said, okay. Sounds good. That wasn't a good idea. That oil doesn't sit well with you. No, no. It's a different kind of salt. I can't even remember if I PR'd. But Monster Bench, great meat. 
upstate New York, Cooperstown to be exact, Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, weird spot, won't lie, not much going on. Everyone's got these in-ground lakes. I've been telling everyone all week about these things. The way we took this time, I literally saw like five farms in a row with the in-ground lakes. So they don't do in-ground pools, supposedly. They have their own in-ground lake. So they build up these ledges, and they literally have a lake in their backyard. They have like slides and everything going into the lake. And I imagine you can fish in these things too. I mean, I guess it's just dirt. I'm not really sure because I've been showing people the pictures, and it looks like it's just dirt to me. I don't think there's a lining. It's literally just an in-ground lake. But I'm like, you can probably put fish in there and breed them and go fish in your backyard. These things are really cool. But middle of nowhere. I remember one time going with my friends, no cell phone service, driving through God knows where in the mountains, GPS taking us all these wrong ways. We lose GPS signal at some points. And I got this little car here. And there's a huge-ass mud puddle because it literally rained the day before, so everything's muddy. So I'm pretty much mudding in a car in the mountains with no service. So if we got stuck, I think we're screwed. Because I don't know anywhere near us where there's life and or someone to help us. And uh, I'm pretty sure we'd be stuck in this huge mud pit for a long-ass time. We'd be walking and fe feeding off the land. God forbid we don't find water, maybe we die. Not sure, but that's what we're talking about here. So we get to Cooperstown. Uh, it's a beautiful rec center. Um, Doug puts on a great meet. He's telling me he's done it for 18 years now. And uh, he started with 13 people. Now it's got to be closer to like, oh man, 80, 90 competitors. I don't really know the exact numbers, but it seems like there's a shit ton of people that show up every year. Um, always a great event, real fun. It's not sanctioned or anything. So it's like a touch and go type of meet, but uh, it's a lot of fun. I love when you like that meet. Oh, it's, it's definitely a, a lot of fun. It's different. It's like touch and go, a lot of new people. Um, so I don't like to go too crazy. So I'm thinking I just benched 730 last week with a nice shirt. Uh, we were going to use Rich Putnam's Bench Freak Band, and I wasn't thinking I was going to put anything up more than 600 pounds. That's, that's my PR in an assistance device. In the Titan Magnum Ram, I hit 600 pounds. So I'm thinking it's going to be a laid-back day. We'll have some fun with it. You know, I was out like the breweries the night before, you know, whatever. We were kind of up a little later than I would have liked to, but I was trying out some good new beers. And um, we get up next day. I go in. I'm trying to be relaxed about it, but I know shit's going to happen. When I see the Gorilla Pack, peer pressure. Those guys always push me to the next level, which is awesome. Um, and I was excited to use Rich's Bench Freak Band. I did a review on this on YouTube, guys. I think this is the best device out there even if you're a raw lifter but mostly for an equip lifter it's, it's a must have device because you can literally work with the weight that you use in a shirt if not more not beat yourself to shit it's not going to cut you up it's not going to leave you in a position where you got to recover for a week it feels really good it's the same groove as a shirt I could literally work in this guys I could work in this device and just throw a shirt on for the purpose of breaking it in, getting it ready for a meet, and be okay, and be confident. That's how much the groove is very similar. It's like wearing a shirt. Benchfreakband.com. Go check that out. Awesome, awesome device. Everyone needs that. If you're a quip lifter, must have. There's no, no uh, ifs, ands, or buts. Got to have this. All right. And he's done a great job with that. Got a little kind of logo thing on it now. And I'm excited he's turning it into a shirt. And I was able to actually get my hands on his uh, prototype at this meet, too. And, man, 
game changer. You can say all you want about banded shirts or whatever the hell, stretchy shirts, whatever the hell. Bench daddies, bench freak stuff. Uh, it's essentially a knee wrap. That's how he came up with the idea. It was a Sunday night. And he was like, guys, come down and spot me 500. Like 15 people showed up in his backyard. And uh, that's how he just he wrapped the knee wrap around his arms and kind of came through it by that. Now he got it sewed up in the right spot. You have a single ply, double ply, triple ply setting. So you got all these different settings on it. Um, and it's it's an awesome, awesome tool. And say what you want about these, these band shirts that are coming out now. Things that are different material than a traditional bench shirt. But at the end of the day, got to keep progressing the sport. Got to keep progressing things. Isn't always It's always about lifting the most weight. You know, that's the whole idea from the beginning of time is... You know, what they were supportive devices, and now it's to the point where who's going to lift the most weight, and what do we use to lift the most weight? And that's just kind of following suit. So whether you like it or not, whether it's easy or not, it's progressing things. We've come a long way from the old school denim shirts. Yeah, I mean, who wears denim shirts anymore? I rarely see the thing. You know, I see it here and there, but no one really wears that stuff now. They progress material. They progress how they built the shirts, and this is just a different form. And I think it's good because it's going to get more people into that quit lifting stuff because now you're not going to get cut marks on you for weeks on end. So, you know, say what you want about it. I think it's not a bad idea. I think it's going to really help people get into a different form of lifting and it's, um, it's going to make things fun. It's going to make things interesting. And I think we're going to see more 1,000-pound benches. I don't think it's that far off. What he made, what he came up with there, I'm really excited. My plan is uh, I'm going to buy one of his shirts at the end of the year. I'm going to jump into a metal militia meet where it is a legal product in December, and I think I'm going to crush 800 pounds. That's my plan for this year. Um, but go check it out, benchfreakband.com. Check it out for yourselves. Awesome tool. I'm done promoting. Go get one. <laughs> so I throw on the Bench Freak Band. Granted, I've never used a three setting before. That's really aggressive. Like, you're, you're stuck in here. Thing goes over your elbows. You're stuck in here. Someone's got to aggressively push your arm out to get into position on the bar. Um, so I opened 585. Yeah, I didn't even do the warm-ups I wanted to do. I'm just, I'm pretty laid back with this. I hit 515 for my last one. I was like, all right, I'm ready. It was like a 30-minute break in between. I didn't really care. Uh, I was just having fun with it. 585, shit flies out my hands. Um, where are we at here? We good? Yeah, we're all good. Flies out my hands. I almost throw the thing into the rack. It snapped me, snapped me back um, right at the top thing literally I feel like propelling from my hand um, I never used a three setting before mind you all right I've only used the two in, in training three setting very aggressive very aggressive um, but you can get weight the thing is two guys you can touch weight with these bands because they'll stretch for you so they're really 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 stiff and they, you think they're like a cast but once you get weight in your hands they separate all right that's the thing so you can touch weight something you might be able to hit 800 in you can touch 400 in which makes it a total game changer because it's not like that with the shirt. When you touch 400 in, you are not touching 800 in. All right. So, um, 585 flies out my hand. All right. So I say 635. And I'll be happy with that. It's a good PR. The way the 585 moved, I was confident with that. Smoke 635. It was easy. So now I'm like, God damn, what do I do? <laughs> I kind of want it. My whole thing was I don't want to handle 700 again because that beats the shit out of you. It's a lot of weight. So. I'm like, shit, I don't know what to do. I'm sitting there at the desk. The lady's asking me, and I'm like, shit, well, I don't know. And then <laughs> Keith, and that was the same thing with the opener. I literally did not think of the opener before the meet. She asked me to open her. I'm like, oh, shit, well, that's the hard part, ain't it? 
And then I sat there for five minutes <laughs> trying to figure out my opener. I'm like, oh, let's see. Then Keith comes up. He's like, I was like, seven? He's like, seven. So put 700 on. Um, I mean, that one, guess I smoked it. Went pretty good. Uh, wasn't too much struggle. It was heavier. Getting to the point where now I'm starting to get to a, to a max area. But uh, it moved good. So at this meet, they allow you like a PR fourth attempt. You know, I was the only guy that took it that day. Uh, you have to hit all three lifts, and if you're going for a PR in the fourth, you know, Doug was cool enough to allow that. And um, so I didn't chill too long. Rich came up, and he smacked a 9.05, crushed it, looked great. Um, that was a big bench for him. He just hit like 8.50 meet the prior weekend. They all benched to the grill pack, and he hit 9.05 that meet. Uh, it was really good. So. Just to show you what he can, what's capable of in that, that shirt that he's got, a prototype shirt he's making. Um, and so I'm following up that routine. And uh, so I go back out there. And so after that 700, I don't know what the hell to do. I'm, like, baffled. I'm, like, shit, I didn't want to handle this weight in the first place. And then Keith's, like, 750. Because I'm just standing there. I'm just looking at the lady again. I'm not saying nothing. And then Keith's, like, 750. So I said, well, shit, all right. <laughs> that's like an all-time PR and then uh, I get my shit together and then I, I go up there I don't know what's gonna happen but freaking take it for a ride so I get up there set up get the bar out um, they gave me great handoffs all day whole gorilla pack crew there um, and Scott with the pit and they gave me a beautiful handoff hit again took it right out settled in uh, got the weight down really no problem felt you know guys um i've taken 750 i've taken 727 not too long ago to arnie and my inzer stp looser shirt i take that 727 out and i did not feel the support i knew right away i was in trouble once i got that weight out because that thing felt like a shit ton of bricks and it felt like it was cascading towards my chest and there was nothing i could do about it to stop it or to support it but wearing this bench freak band third setting i took 750 regularly held it up my hands Took that thing down confidently, touched where I needed to, and I tossed that bad boy up. Um, that was more near like where a max would be. I think I could have probably squeezed out more pounds. Um, I think that's a really potent device. Like I said, I handled more than I ever did in the shirt with it, real confidently. So I can't wait till he makes a shirt out of it. Uh, I'll be lining up with my tent at his at his house. I'll be in my little tent, waiting for the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, Keith lives closer. But I will be in Rich's backyard in my tent. Um, but smoked the 750 pretty good, and uh, there it is. That was a new PR and uh, great testimonial of the Bench Freak Band, I think. So it was a great day. We had the booth set up. Um, there was Doug was nice enough to let us set up a booth there, and the Me Gear guys were there, and or the, the guy and the lady, um, his wife there. I don't want to refer to her as the guy. But then we also got the, the Bench Freak crew, the Gorilla Pack. Uh, they were all set up there, and it was a good day. Went after, ate a half-pound burger, called it quits. And I went over to uh, the bar there, got myself some, some of that double-day bourbon. And uh, that was it. Went home, and uh, it was a good weekend, good two weeks. Good two weeks of benching. All right, so... I think we covered a lot. I think we covered some good stuff on the shirts. I think you uh, just completely skipped your deadlift attempts. So, overall, yeah, covered I said everything. 
Yeah, I said we didn't have to touch on that anyway. <laughs> Nothing good happened. I got, a, I got a question from Big to here. Short day. How is leg drive execution different when having to keep the feet flat? Okay, so um, I think you might have left a um, story question there, my friend, that I did answer this morning. So hopefully you received that. But I'll touch on a little more detail here. And, yeah, we're taking some music questions. Uh, if you guys want to shoot in some questions, I uh, would love to answer them on air for you. So, as a, so I was saying, I think the feet out flat style of leg drive is a much more dominant style of leg drive. I think it gives you more uh, benefits than the toes back. And two of those main things is that you're going to be working with horizontal leg drive. So whether what, where you're um, pushing vertically with the toes back type leg drive, right? Your heels are going down the ground. You're kind of loading up tension through the quads and you're essentially pushing your shoulders into the pad more. All right, that's all kind of vertical based. Okay, which is why you see a lot of people if they're not in the right spot with that, their butt automatically shoots up. Okay, and traditionally your feet are pretty close with that stance. It doesn't have to be, but they're pretty close with the toes back to the pad. Um, you know, it's going to keep you stable for the most part because you're loading everything. You got a lot of tension, don't get me wrong. You're keeping a good position. But in terms of being able to get your feet out flat, now I think you can get a lot more glute activation. Okay, you're pushing horizontal, so you're literally pushing your body off the pad. You're relying more on the traction of the floor and the traction of the pad. Like, I can bench toes back for the most part on a commercial gym bench with minor traction. Horizontal leg drive, you need good traction all around. You can't sacrifice that. Good traction on the pad, good traction for your feet. All right, and you got to be pushing back aggressively. Like you literally want to throw your body off the bench. So you're actually going to get some force transfer in the direction that you want to throw the bar. So I feel like you're definitely adding more force to the bar than you could otherwise it's not just on you to press it you're getting something from the lower body as well and in terms of stability if you ever see me bench i'm very wide with my feet creates a nice wide base it's like this tripod right here that we're podcasting off of all right if we close this sucker up the wind might knock it over it's like you benching if you close off your feet the wind's gonna knock you over all right you want to be able to bench in a hurricane so you get a nice wide base you're really sturdy to the to the pad um, so it offers that benefit as well. Plus, you know, if you ever did do like a USAPL meet or some others, they make you go feet flat. So you really don't have an option there. So that's why uh, I predominantly like the feet flat. That's what I coach, and that's how it's a little bit different. Any more questions rolling in for you? Yeah, we, uh... we do. We got one from Masked Man ST. Oh, my bad. Masked Man ST Dennis. Benjamin Benny, what's up? Tell me I don't have to shit out my spleen what's up, today. Fella? Yeah, no bench vids for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's always, uh, every time we post a bench vid, he, he's shitting out his spleens in the comments. So, <laughs> no bench vids today, but I think you're safe. I'm going to overhead press for a little bit, so nothing special. And the question for him, what's the best way to deload? Uh, what's the best way to deload? Okay, so, first off, I'll start with... I don't always like to schedule deloads for the most part, at least in my lifting. I kind of like, I, I have more of that intuitive feel of when I need to really take a deload. So I don't plan my training too far in advance. My athletes, I plan months at a time. So it's at four week paces. I don't do it any further than that because things are going to be changing. So, um, and, and I'm always in constant conversation with them. So if I need to plan in a deload, then I'll make some adjustments. But 
I don't like to schedule deloads. I kind of like to do my thing, and then when you feel like you need it, and you'll know, um, that's when I'll schedule. So what I like to do for deload days, so if I know a week's coming up where I need to chill a little bit, maybe I'm getting in the shirt next week, I'll eat traditionally as an equip lifter. I'll go the route of the either... If I really want to dumb it down, if it's close to a meat or something, I'll just do bamboo bar or a variation where I have to go super light. Um, I like the bamboo bar because I can really make that challenging, go light, get a lot out of it technically, and not put a lot of load on me. Uh, but what I traditionally do, if I'm like in the midst of a training cycle, I'm not too close to a meat, I like to just go towards speed work. Now would be like mid-training cycle. I'll do a speed work day because you're only going to handle like 60%. I'll keep it really light with the intent of moving the weight quickly with accommodating resistance and whatnot. Um, if it's further out from me, like right, right now, for example, if I need to deload a bit, it's maybe it's just I'll do dumbbells a little bit lighter. Um, maybe I'll work a variation like a single arm dumbbell press and or I'll do um, a really light, like, feet up, bench session, high reps, something like that. More recovery based. It's not going to tax me a ton. I'm not going to slather weight on. I'm, it's going to be like RP6, a lot left in the tank. Just kind of going through it. All right, so you got any questions coming in? or? No, I think that's about it for the day. All right, guys, thanks for popping into our Instagram live. Thanks for listening to the Benchcast. Uh, you know, i looking on YouTube, and I don't. I don't see too much stuff on equip lifting and getting lifters into equip lifting and um, you know, I'm gonna do more of that stuff and I think these these new shirts that are kinda coming out, Bench Daddy stuff, Rich's shirt, um, you know, while I think a lot of people get stuck in that old school ways, they want the true bench shirt. I think it's a good thing for the sport and I'm excited because I see a lot of lifters now getting interested about that stuff, getting into it, so I like where it's headed. I'd love to do a review on Bench, on Rich's shirt when it comes out. Uh, all right, guys, thanks for listening. Make sure go on the RPS website if you want to bench with me and a bunch of other monster benchers and have a good ass time. Newark, New Jersey, September fourteenth. I will be benching there. We're gonna have championship belts on the line. It's the R RPS Push Pull Worlds. All right, it's called the Sword of Democles, September 14th in Newark, New Jersey. So, guys, I don't think registration is open quite yet, but it's on the calendar. Mark your calendars. I'll be there. Make sure you're there, too. I don't care if you got to fly in. Make the time because this is going to be the meet of the year. All right, the title belt's on the line, and you know where to meet me. And you are listening to uh, The Bench Gang.